0: welcome bird gang on today's show it may not be the most pressing need on offense but it's up there especially if james connor and or chase edmonds don't return we talk the running back position but first unfortunately yes they are the last team standing it's cardinals cover two episode 536 and it starts now
1: welcome to cardinals cover two with craig Grigaloo and mike jarecki Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre
0: Hopkins!
1: Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki.
0: Well, everyone who wanted to be able to say the Cardinals lost to the Super Bowl champions got their wish. It wasn't what I wanted, MJ. I think I made that perfectly clear. And the days leading up to Super Bowl 56 and the Rams, the last team standing, the only team in the National Football League that can say they ended their season happy as far as accomplishing what every team wants to be able to say, Super Bowl champions.
1: Yeah, I was pulling for Cincinnati. I really enjoyed it you know kind of learn more about Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor and some of those other players obviously in a different conference Cardinals did play him a couple years ago Um, so for the most part yeah I mean I you know I don't know if it was a great game I think it was a great finish Um, it went back and forth and um, what I learned in in, you know over the last month or so is you really don't have to run the football (laughs) Rams ran the ball 23 times for 43 yards, and, and Cincinnati ran it 20 for 79. Now, you have to show the run. It sets up the pass. And Joe Burrow, he threw it 33 times, and Matthew Stafford threw it 40 times. But what can you say about Stafford? I mean, you know, he was, he was 0-3, took him 13 years to win a playoff game. Um, his numbers in the fourth quarter are, are remarkable. Didn't turn the ball over, I want to say, 14 touchdowns. And that's the reason why they went out there and got them. So you got to give them credit. We talked about them going all in, and I've been tongue in cheek about their arrogance, but they proved it on the football field. And if you're the owner of the Rams and Stan Kroenke, um,
0: they made all the right moves. I will give the Rams credit. It's again not what I was hoping would happen because i not. I don't buy into that. Oh hey, well, yay! You know you lost to the team that won it all. It, that that doesn't matter to me. You did split with this team in the regular season. You were bounced in the wild card game by the Rams, but this was their year. This is what they focused on. It wasn't just to win the division, get into the postseason, even get to the Super Bowl. It was to win the whole darn thing, and they did that. They accomplished it. So tip of the cap to the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, MVP for you. Now Bird Gang. Let's be honest. This is a vote that is done, what, in the last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter, so it's not at the end of the game. You know, there's only, I think I saw Peter King mention it on Football Morning in America, there are 16 voters. But the NFL likes to know kind of soon, or at least at some point in that fourth quarter. So I understand people saying, well, it should have been Aaron Donald, but Cooper Cup, it's hard to go wrong with what he accomplished, especially on that final drive.
1: Yeah, I mean, two touchdowns, um, you know, obviously Aaron Donald, he was a wrecking ball again. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I just think the Cooper Cup not being the MVP of the regular season, that usually goes to a quarterback. He set the triple crown for uh, catches, yards, and touchdowns. And so to me, it was very fitting, you know, kind of a, a full circle for him. But at the same time, though, I mean, they wouldn't be where they were without that defense, and you could say that about a lot of teams.
0: On the final drive, Cooper Cup, four catches for 39 yards plus ran seven yards to convert a crucial fourth and one. He was targeted seven times on that final drive, caught the game-winning pass with a minute 25 to go, and you talk about a championship drive. 15 plays, 79 yards, all in 4:48. I mean, you run 15 plays in less than five minutes. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, and you know, again, you start looking at just their offense as a whole. Um, you know, they Sony Michelle was kind of the guy, and then they, all of a sudden, you know, they lose their tight end, and you know, Odell Beckham goes down. I mean, you, I'm thinking, man, who's he going to throw to? But you know, that was uh, Stafford. You're talking about Clutch, second co- quarterback in NFL history with three game-winning drives in the postseason, highest QBR in the NFL in the fourth quarter, one-score games, 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions in the fourth quarter. you talk about getting it done.
0: 36 fourth-quarter comeback wins in his career, regular season and postseason combined.
1: Yeah, so he, he's got that monkey off his back. Can he win a big game? He, he's done all that, and, uh, you know, when they made that trade, this is not just for one year. You're going to see him get a contract extension, and there was a lot of chatter yesterday that, you know, Sean McVay made some comments that, you know, he eventually is a, as they're going to have a child, and he'd like to spend more time, but I'm sure, you know, he can work in the, the networks. But i got to think if you're Stan Kroenke, you're writing a fat check to keep Sean McVay as the head coach.
0: I wouldn't mind if Sean McVay walked away. I wouldn't mind if Aaron Donald, ding ding ding, walked away, <laughs> and that was. I, I I turned on the pregame show. What was it? 11 a.m., noon, or whatever it was. So I had it on in the background doing some stuff, and it was what two hours before kickoff. And there's Rodney Harrison all of a sudden saying, "Yeah, Aaron Donald, you know he might contemplate retirement." I'm like, "It's like what? Really?" Well, and, and then and, it became a thing the entire game and post game.
1: Well, and it was interesting. The guy interviewed him. I don't know if that's Jay Collinsworth um, that he was doing. The, he goes, you're going to go viral right yeah. now. <laughs> And it, and it became a story. Wow. Because it, it was just came out. I didn't hear anything all week. No. And you're thinking, you know, obviously he works hard. He's got a family. He's going out on top, but. If if he stopped playing today, he's a Hall of Famer, right?
0: Oh, there's no question. Okay. First it, ballot. I mean, Yeah, and <laughs> this
1: this now because you have, you know, even though he's been defensive player of the year like JJ Watt and all that, but getting this ring on the national stage and again the what they were able to do in the postseason I, I mean I enjoy watching him play except when he plays the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> there was nothing left. There is nothing left for Aaron Donald to accomplish this was what he wanted is what every player wants to be able to win a championship but at least in my lifetime i'm i'm gonna date myself here bird gang i'm old enough to remember lawrence taylor and reggie white didn't watch them as much as i watch the game now but for me aaron donald is the most dominant defensive player that i have seen right there next to lawrence taylor Reggie White and that's if he walks away right now what eight seasons six time first team all pro three-time defensive player of the year he is you said it a one-man wrecking ball you have to account for number 99 and that's not an outside linebacker that's not a corner that's not a defensive end you're talking about someone in the middle of that defensive line a defensive tackle, nose tackle, call it whatever you want. He lines up over the guard, center. That's where he does most of his damage. And we saw that in the fourth quarter on that final possession of the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah, and he he was asked a question after the game and, you know, like any player, hey, I'm going to enjoy the moment. So maybe if he takes a couple weeks off. But a lot of people say, you know, once you start thinking about it, it's a matter of time and I always go back to Larry. I mean, he had been thinking about it, you know, that last year, especially COVID, and couldn't finish the season, no fans. But I, I it's just, I, I want to see him play more. I, I mean, but hey, he's got to do his best, and and really at this point, considering the position he plays, we we have no idea how many times he's been concussed. Quality of life at this point for your family. He's made enough money. Um, maybe he has some side businesses to where he keeps himself busy. But to me, it's about
0: quality of life, especially when you have kids. Now, general manager Les Snead, quote, I'm not buying it, end quote. (laughs) But we'll see where this story develops. And if we can get a campaign going here, Bird Gang, to get Aaron (laughs) Donald to retire, nothing else, just leave the division, leave the conference. That's not going to happen. Now, we do expect Andrew Whitworth to retire and walk away on top. The former Cincinnati Bengal beats his former team, wins the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award, gave an outstanding speech on Thursday night, and it's a great way for him to pull a John Elway and walk off into the sunset winning a Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: you know, he was asked, and and he says, you know, uh, obviously they were confident they were going to win the game, but he still got to go out there and do it. And Somebody asked, you know, is this your last game? And the thought was, if we win this game, it's going to be my last game. Now, you, again, I I think he would have retired regardless. I mean, he's what the first left tackle to, to play at the age of forty years old, especially in a Super Bowl or a playoff. Yeah, I mean, those guys usually retire thirty-five. I mean, imagine all the hits he's taken over the years. But he's he's he was a great addition. I mean, um, to get him out, out of the uh, out of the division now and retire because. You know, Chandler and him had their moments, but there were a lot of times that he was able to protect the blind side for Jarek Goff and Matthew Stafford, so it was hard to get to the quarterback.
0: Again, not happy that the Rams won it all. Am happy for several of those players. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Andrew Whitworth. Stories like that where they put in the time, they put in the effort, all the hours, the hard work, and it pays off. Also very happy for Van Jefferson. And this is a unique story because you find out about stuff after the ball game, i.e., Taylor Rapp proposing to his girlfriend in the middle of the field of the celebration. And then Van Jefferson getting told immediately after the ball game, hey, your wife went into labor. And he immediately bolts the stadium with his dad, Sean Jefferson, the Cardinals wide receivers coach, who is now a grandfather. So congratulations to Sean Jefferson, Van Jefferson, the entire Jefferson family. Here was Van Jefferson on Instagram, MJ, quote, it was a great day, bro. I got three prizes today. My wife, my son, and the Super Bowl. End of post. That is amazing, and that's a story that he'll have for his entire life.
1: The entire family, and wait till that kid gets a little bit older, and just knowing that he played in the game that day, and she gave birth, and Uh, congratulations and that was awesome I, I did see a video of him leaving the stadium and he
0: was in a hurry well and I guess his wife had told Rams officials hey if this I'm not missing this game but if I do happen to go into labor don't tell my husband wait until the game is over with so I don't at some point during the game you know she leaves and then all of a sudden it's like oh Congratulations, Van. You're a Super Bowl champion. Oh, and you're about to become a father, so you might want to leave. You know, exit stage left, as they like to say. Well, I
1: mean, obviously, you know, they have plenty of time when they get their rings. Usually that comes a couple months later. Um, I'm sure he's going to have a chance to watch the game, but right now he's probably going to be busy. So if there's um, not a consolation, but the fact that he wasn't able to celebrate and he's bringing a, a newborn into this world. I don't think he could have hit. He could have hit a home run. That was a grand slam.
0: By the way, we mentioned the Cardinal connection with Sean Jefferson. There's also a Cardinals connection with Cooper Cup. Did you realize this, Mike Jarecki? I did not until I heard it during that extremely long pregame show. Cooper Cup's dad, Craig Cup, played for the Phoenix Cardinals in 1990 and 1991. Was a quarterback. In fact, played his only professional game wearing a Cardinals uniform. Went 3 of 7 for 23 yards in the fourth quarter of a week 3 loss against Washington. But otherwise, that was it. Never stepped on the football field in a regular season game outside of that fourth quarter with the Phoenix Cardinals back in 1990-1991.
1: Uh, I moved here in 88. I do remember the name, but I, ne- I didn't connect Make to the dots. connection, yeah. And, oh, by the way, everyone says, you know, the Rams, uh, obviously, they they value, um, you know, going after Matthew Stafford giving up draft picks. Cooper Cup was a third-round pick.
0: It is possible to find gems on day two or day three. Second
1: and third round, yeah.
0: Yeah. And now, if you're looking on the other side of the field and the Cincinnati Bengals and hope that they can get back there. And everyone, and I saw earlier on Monday that Dan Marino is trending on Twitter because (laughs) advanced to the Super Bowl year two never advanced that far again. And I like what Joe Burrow had to say. Quote, we're a young team, so we'd like to think we'll be back multiple times over the course of the next few years, end quote. That's always the hope. That's always the goal, but it's not guaranteed. No.
1: And, you know, you you take away uh, the... The Rams versus the Cardinals real quick. The Rams won every game by three points.
0: Every postseason after the the wild card game.
1: All came down to three points. The thing is, we've talked about that conference at the quarterbacks. Mahomes is, I mean, they're probably disappointed they didn't make it because a lot of people thought they were going to make it just based on what they did in the postseason. You got Josh Allen. Um You know, we'll see what Derek Carr can do. I mean, with a new head coach and they have the talent. And if Rodgers ends up in the in the AFC or stays in Green Bay, but yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, um, they're not going to be picking as high as they were, but they do still have Duke Tobin there and some of these guys. Even though they brought in Trey Hendrickson and they've done a nice job drafting. Some guys are going to want to get paid, and they won't be able to retain all those guys. And I got to think the offensive line. Oh, without question. I mean, you're going to have to draft like four (laughs) offensive line. They could go – it would be attractive for an offensive line to go there um, because of of Joe Burrow and the offense. But 19 times he was sacked in the postseason.
0: Seven times in the Super Bowl. 70 times regular season and postseason combined. 70. That sounds like – David Carr, wasn't it 76? 76, that, yeah. Regular season. Regular, yeah, exactly. That was the only <laughs> regular season, but 70, third highest number for a quarterback to be sacked regular season and if you want to count postseason. But, yeah, David Carr is the uh, is the leader on that I list. I got to think that, you know,
1: after hit those games, he must have, like, woke up in the middle of the night like, no, don't <laughs> hit me.
0: <laughs> you hope now that Burrow is okay because he – grab that knee immediately and you wonder about him, you wonder about Odell Beckham Junior, especially with OBJ going into free agency at his age, Burrow's gonna be fine, but if it is something significant, that's two knee injuries in two seasons for a young quarterback. Not ideal.
1: And you know, we'll just have to wait and see what the results are. Hopefully it's nothing serious, but I mean that that would put them behind the the eight ball going into the season because clearly you know, he's the face of the franchise. Um, people gravitate to him, his personality. Just – what would you think of his outfit? The suit? I. It's. What about the suit and the hat? Uh, it's not something that I would wear. No, but it's, it's... – But that's his personality. Yeah. He's been doing it all season. Right, but I'm thinking, you better win this game. Now, he didn't come in with the hat. <laughs> he, he had the suit on, yeah. and he said he didn't bring any – to me, I would have went out there in sweats. Bengals sweats. But he – he stood up there and answered the questions, and here's Matthew Stafford coming in in a T-shirt.
0: Hey, dressed to be comfortable or dressed to impress, <laughs> But and, Sta- and Burrow's been doing that yeah. a lot this season. Sunglasses. But for a lot of people, it's the first time seeing it, and you're like, "What are you, well, it is a Super Bowl, but that's kind of his personality and yeah. his style. That's yeah. how he kind of walks around. Super Bowl 56, again, a one-possession ball game, 23-20. to 20, But you look at these past two Super Bowls, and we always talk about scoring points. And you need a good quarterback. But last year, what did we dis- discuss after the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs? Tampa Bay's defense. And what are we talking about here the day after Super Bowl 56? The Rams' defense. But specifically, one player, Aaron Donald. And last year it was the Buccaneers inside linebackers, and now it's the defensive tackle that everyone wants to be able to get to disrupt an offense. Hard to find. And, again, Aaron Donald wasn't a top ten pick. He was a first-round pick, but he was not top ten. Thirteenth. But that is a position that the Cardinals would love to be able to find someone. Not of the Aaron Donald caliber I mean that would be the great but someone who could come in and really have an effect on an opposing team offense yeah
1: and you know as we get closer to free agency in the draft I got to think interior defense line is a priority offense interior line is a priority finding a pass rusher is going to be a priority finding a corner finding a wide receiver because you when you look at the Rams, they have all of those attributes. They they have an interior line. They had they bring in Beckham, so all of a sudden took a ton of pressure off of Cooper Cup. And then you you, you look at their corners, Jalen Ramsey. Um, didn't I don't think we've got the matchup we were looking for him and Jamar Chase. But um, yeah, I mean you just look at the, the positions I mentioned. The Rams and and. For the most part, Cincinnati can check those boxes. Like it, it's Cincinnati's just going to hit the reset button because they're going to add to that roster.
0: Cardinals certainly have a lot of needs going into this offseason with the hopes of getting back into the postseason. And we'll discuss that all the way this offseason here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. One last note on the Super Bowl. It is official. The ceremonial handoff has been made. Larry Fitzgerald made one last reception, if you will, Fitz the executive chairperson of the Arizona Super Bowl. And early on Monday morning, Commissioner Roger Goodell telling Arizona, quote, You are officially on the clock. Mark it down, bird gang. Sunday, February twelfth, twenty twenty three, Super Bowl fifty seven at State Farm Stadium. Here we go. Three hundred and
1: sixty-three days from today, and um, well, it's going to be talked about at length. Two years ago, Tampa went on the road for the first three, got a chance to play in their own stadium, won the Super Bowl. Rams, they won the division, um, and they end up hosting the uh, uh, the conference championship game because they won the division and they win the Super Bowl. So. The pressure's on the Cardinals. I mean, it's happened twice now. It hadn't happened ever. Now, you had games in Los Angeles, maybe, but and don't forget now, the Rams will open up the season on Thursday Night Football.
0: And now the question as far as who will they play, I saw their list of uh, home opponents. Nothing really stood out. I know a lot of people were talking about Rams and Bills, potentially, just as far as I think that was the – quote-unquote, sexy opponent that was coming to Los Angeles next season as far as from the AFC. But, yeah, the Rams, we will be inundated with Los Angeles Rams as far as this entire off season. But the game or the season, the 2023 regular season, will begin in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, the uh, besides the division games, Bills, Broncos. So if Aaron Rodgers goes there. Uh, there you go. Raiders, Cowboys, Panthers, and Falcons. Now, this year the first game was, what, Cowboys Buccaneers. and Buccaneers.
0: And I don't think they'd want the Cowboys again. I don't know. Maybe not. Who who knows? I mean, they are America's team, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I like, man, it, Bills or Broncos, be, if Rodgers goes there, I mean, that's – I mean, it, whoever they play, it's going to be – you know,
0: everyone's going to be jacked up because the season started. Well, yeah. The excitement's going to be there yeah. regardless. Right. But that's the first game coming out of the gates with something impressive to kind of showcase the 2023 regular season, which will end up in Glendale and hopefully, MJ, end up with the Arizona Cardinals in that ball game. Now, how does that happen? And we'll discuss that here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, looking at maybe, I don't know if it's the most pressing need on offense, but it's up there and it's an unlikely position to be discussing as far as a high priority, but it's a high priority because when you look at the running back position, there are only three players under contract for next season at the moment. Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, and Jalen Samuels, the latter of whom the Cardinals signed to a future contract to become uh, a full, or I should say will become official with him on the roster mid-March, but Benjamin and Ward, 22 games they played last season. Not a lot of experience. The big names, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, both unrestricted free agents. Cardinals have made it known, at least head coach Cliff Kingsbury has made it known. He would love to see both back next season. Hopes both get paid as they well performed, outperformed what they were able to do in 2022. But all of a sudden, it's not a key position, but running back within this offense. We've seen what Kingsbury wants to do with that RB1 or RB1 and 2, being able to throw to them and also turn and hand the ball off to them.
1: Curious to see what kind of market's out there for Chase Edmonds. Um, started 11 or 12 games, missed five games, and, and that's been the knock. Um, clearly a guy that can run between the, the 20s. Um, he really can get an opportunity to, 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 to you know be in a short yardage situation, definitely catch the ball in the backfield. And then James Conner. To me, he would be a priority, um, considering he can be a bell cow, meaning 25 um, targets or touches per game with 18 to 19, 20 rushes, and then maybe five or six in the passing game. And to me, um, Eno Benjamin is very similar to Chase Edmonds. Um, Eno's he To me, Eno's 5'9", 207. He can run between the tackles. Um, he's actually pretty uh, – uh, versatile when it comes to pass protection. Sometimes you're the safety net when it comes to the quarterback, and he can catch the ball in the backfield. And, he, and I'm a big Jonathan Ward fan. Um, I don't think he'll ever be the starter, but he's a great backup. Six feet, two oh two. He's really cut his teeth on special teams. But I, when we got a chance to watch training camp, he was getting a lot of carries, and I like the way he runs. And then I'm kind of intrigued with Jalen Samuels. I like the size, six feet, two twenty five. Um, Forty five career starts. Um, According to your sheet over here, he has a relationship with the running backs coach, James Saxon, so that goes a long way. And we're going to have to see him make the roster, but I think he's an insurance
0: policy if you lose Chase Edmonds. Well, you look at Samuels, feet 225, Connor 6'1", 233, Edmonds 5'9", and it's the relationship with James Saxon, so he's aware, much like he was with James Connor, and then the whole – nc state with general manager steve kime and adrian wilson so all of that relationships that does play a factor and i think you bring up a nice word as far as being interested in or curious about samuels and his place in that running back room depending on what happens ie in free agency and again with the draft as well
1: yeah you know benjamin's on a rookie deal jonathan ward's basically uh, the cardinals own his rights um when you sign a futures contract, you're pretty pretty much on a one-year deal. And now you got to figure out, you know, with uh, Connor going to be 27 years old, I mean, again, usually running backs hit the wall at 30. As long as he can stay healthy and the way he runs, it's it's pretty uh, impressive that he can play as many games as he did considering he was playing with broken ribs. You know, I like to have them all back, but prioritize-wise, I think Eno can step in, Jonathan Ward, Samuels, and Connor – and if you would have asked me this conversation going into the last year, I would have said Chase Edmonds is the guy that I want to keep because great locker room guy, uh, practices hard, which to me can be contagious. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and I never thought he would be the bell cow, but I do like the one-two punch that they both were able to provide. Unfortunately, we didn't see it down the stretch as, uh, as we all were hoping for.
0: Before we get to Connor and his comments during the Pro Bowl, how confident are you that Eno Benjamin is ready? I mean, he's he's bided his time. He's been the good soldier. He's asked for where he can get better because there was there was a stretch there where he might have been one and done. And that was after his rookie season. But he's value on special teams and he's shown in brief stints this past season the ability to run between the tackles not afraid of contact and then the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield so he has all the skill set now it's okay can you do it I wouldn't say on a consistent basis but we have confidence in you to be able to step in and be that guy not just in a pinch but be a part of the plan going into that week's game
1: well after his first year i I just, you know, there's a the term they use, uh, jag, just a guy. But after his conversation with Steve Kime, as he told us on the Red Sea Report during training camp, the general manager believed in him. And I think the head coach had to figure out a way to use him. And once he got to camp, he worked hard. And I saw some upside. I've always thought Jonathan Ward was a better option, but they do two different things. And, they, yes, they both play on teams. Ward's a little bit bigger. Uh, really there's, they're there's a way, you know, similar 202 to 207, but it just seems like Jonathan Ward's a little bit bigger, but, uh, he's earned, he's earned the trust from me. Um, he knows what's at stake here. This is his opportunity. If they don't retain Chase Edmonds, obviously he's going to have to compete with Ward and Samuels. Um, but if you would asked me going into training camp last year, I don't know if I could have counted on the guy, but what I was able to see, and then just uh, him coming out of his shell and working harder. And just waiting for his opportunity, I have a lot more confidence in Eno Benjamin than maybe I did a year ago.
0: Here's what Benjamin did in his nine games of being available, meaning he was active. 34 carries for 18 yards and his first career touchdown, plus six catches for 42 yards, 95 snaps on offense. So again, not a lot but someone that because Connor missed a couple of games, Edmonds missed five games, you needed that number three. And Edmonds, now the question is, can you go from a number three to a number two and keep making that progress from a seventh-round draft pick to where you were inactive and just kind of out of sight, out of mind, except for Arizona State Sun Devil fans that wondering where is Eno Benjamin, to this year, hey, you have a role on special teams, meaning you're active, and if needed, you can play on offense.
1: The moment that, that I was convinced is when he, he uh ran over Drake or Patrick. Like usually some guys now he has obviously hasn't had the touches and targets to where he's gonna try to, you know, run around someone. But to me he was able to put his you know, his shoulder down and and run him over and that tells me he was playing with confidence. Yeah, I mean I, I think it will come down to Samuels just because he's got more experience than Benjamin. Um, but, again, um, I think James Conner could be the bell cow on this offense.
0: And we know that Conner wants to be here. Or, as he told our colleague Danny Sarek in Las Vegas during Pro Bowl practice, quote, would love to continue with the Cardinals. But then he added, I'm a free agent, so I'm excited to see what's next. I'm a man of faith, so I know it will all work out for me, end quote. So there is an interest on his part, and I'm sure the Cardinals have an interest in bringing him back. We heard King, uh, Cliff Kingsbury the day after the wild card game. He wants James Conner back. He wants Chase Edmonds back. And I do think that physicality and toughness that James Conner displayed rubbed off on his teammates. And then the fact that we learned he turned down the opportunity, and he mentioned it to Danny as well in Las Vegas, he did not want to get a painkiller shot quote, for safety and health reasons, end quote. Well, we know what happened with Tyrod Taylor. And that's part of it that you're not sure, and you know what? I'll toughen it out. And James Conner did. Only played 14 snaps in that game, but he was on the football field, and you could just tell he did not want to be a spectator in that game. He wanted to be able to play.
1: Yeah, again, not a lot of guys played well in that game, but I I, I tip my cap to him because I've I've had – and i don't know how many ribs are broken sometimes it's the cartilage that hurts and and yes you he did not take any medicine there's there's devices you could put you know like a rib cage and all that but it's difficult when you know somebody's and and i recall when he got hit just his face and how he's grimacing going to the sidelines i mean he took a he took a hit right to the ribs i mean there's not a lot of meat around there i i just you know listen he's earned the right to be a free agent um I'm not asking for a hometown discount, but I just feel like this offense really tailors to what they want to do. And so, you know, the grass isn't always greener, um, but he has a right to go out there and, you know, again, at 27 years old, I I don't think anybody's going to give him a four or five year deal. Usually you try to get out of these contracts after two or three years, but I just hope he realizes that this offense fits him. And I think he does. And he's got great chemistry with Kyler in, in the offensive line. Um, I'm. I'm just. I just hope that you know. that's all it takes is one team yeah. to wow you and give you this huge signing bonus. And he's got to do what's best for him and his family, which I clearly understand. Uh, there's not a lot of times that you get a chance to you know call your shot. He was a free agent. Cardinals signed him. Took a chance on him, and he proved what he was worth. So, but I, I just think he fits this offense. Um Even better than David Johnson did, even though it Aaron, under airing as his heyday. I I wasn't a big Kenyon Drake fan the second year when they gave him 8.2. I thought he was really effective when he came in and played eight games. He was trying to hit the home run. This guy is a baller. This guy is a bowling ball, and I think it it gravitates to what they want to be as a physical football team in the trenches.
0: Connor led the team in rushing yards, scrimmage yards, rushing touchdowns, total touchdowns, and his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Averaged a career-best 10-point yards per reception, and yards after catch, 10.05 yards after catch. MJ, that ranked third best in the National Football League, and a lot of his passes were screens out in the flat to where two-yard pass, and then the rest is all James Conner, and we saw a lot of one-handed grabs, so... I would love James Conner to come back. Again, when you look at the running back position, it's not a high-priority position, but you look at the player, he is a high-priority player for me in a position to where a lot of people say you can find a running back anywhere. Free agency draft because they're short lifespan, but I do think the Cardinals may have found something with James Conner to where you can extend this relationship another couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, and and, and again, um, they'll have possibly, I want to say, eight or nine picks.
0: Um, because right now they've got eight. Eight, okay. And that's with three comp picks projected. Nothing official yet, but right. right now they've got eight. And those are more third day. But you can also bring
1: in an undrafted free agent. Usually you bring six guys to camp, maybe a guy that maybe was didn't play last year opted out. Um, so you can always add to it, but uh, he's definitely a priority. And you know, if it doesn't work out, then I, I kind of focus on Chase Edmonds, and and then just try to hopefully get something out of Benjamin Ward and uh, Samuels. I'm not down on Chase. It's just if, if you had to ask me, one of the two,
0: just based on what I witnessed, I'll go with Connor. You look at what might be available on the free agent markets as far as running backs: Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, Darrell Williams players that the Cardinals are very familiar with. Leonard Fournette is due to become an unrestricted free agent. Melvin Gordon, who's 28. J.D. McKissick, another 28-year-old. So there are some names out there you just wonder as far as what they're asking for versus how they fit within this offense. And then when you're picking number 23, running back, depending on who you like, could be someone. I mean, the Cardinals were linked with Najee Harris a year ago, and they were picking 16th. So now you drop into the 20s, maybe, I mean, Harris last year was picked 24th by the Steelers. I I mean, it wouldn't be, on my list of positions, it wouldn't be running back as far as top three, top five, but it would be something to consider if there's a running back out there that either drops or you're very fond of, and you can see being a major focal point within this offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, the names you listed, Sony Michel twenty six, Fournette twenty seven, Penny twenty six, Gordon twenty eight, Williams twenty six, McKisket, twenty eight. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see them signing a running back in free agency. I just they they you gotta retain your own guys and you gotta think that between Connor and Edmonds, one's gonna be here and then you develop, you know, Benjamin and Ward. Um, yeah, I mean I still think um, you can't find running backs in, in the middle rounds. Um, even though Najee Harris, 24, he's really well. Uh, Travis Etienne, he pretty much missed the entire season. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Allaire, just kind of been okay. Josh Jacobs hasn't been able to stay healthy. But I, I'm not going to use a first-round pick. But you're right, last year it was possible. Maybe they moved down. But if uh, Collins wasn't on the board,
0: based on best available player, Harris was ranked right there. And when you look at what the Cardinals might do at 23 or that running back position, I mean, the names that are out there, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Kyrene Williams, Rashad White, who had a great senior bowl right down the street at Arizona State. There are other some names out there, whether it's a day one, day two, or day three pick, or you, like you said, undrafted rookie free agent. They're going to add to that running back position, and it's just a question of how many pieces do they add in the event that a James Conner or Chase Edmonds are not here next season? Yeah,
1: I like Rashad White. Um, I thought he played well this year at ASU, um, and then he he really played well at the senior bowl. He's got good size. I mean, he's a good running back. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's going to go in the first or second round. Um, We'll have to wait and see, but uh, I definitely think that he'll get drafted, and it's nice to see that the Sun Devils have eight invites to the Combine. And they haven't had the they haven't had that in years. So we'll see a couple linemen get drafted, and we'll see. But I, I definitely think they're going to have some guys drafted this year, which is really good for issue.
0: Cardinals covered two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Overall, looking at that running back position, and yes, you count Kyler Murray. I'll beat you to the punch, MJ. You have to consider Kyler Murray when this team runs the football. But the season totals: four point two yards per carry, ranked twenty second best in the league. 10th best however when it came to rushing yards per game at just over 122 and then 23 rushing touchdowns tied for the third most and that's an area where james Conner played a large factor because short yardage a lot of red zone touchdowns not a lot of red zone as far as not a lot of long runs from the running back position 20 plus but inside the red zone being able when the field shrinks having someone in the backfield that you can turn, hand the ball off to, or pitch to, and then let them take it into the end zone for six. And the stat that we pointed out all second half of the season. You don't have to run the ball a lot as far as number of yards, but you do have to show it, i.e. Rams, Bengals, neither one great running the football, but you have to be able to show that you can run the ball. 30 rushing attempts, Cardinals 9-0 when hit that magic 30 number in 2022.
1: Yeah, and they are averaging 29-2 rushing attempts, so they're close. And, you know, obviously when you're 7-0 and and 10-2, and there were times where they were able to run the football in the fourth quarter, kind of run out the clock. And then when you're trailing, you got to throw it more, and we just didn't see the offense. I thought the offensive line and the quarterback took a step back. Um, when it came to the last month of the season.
0: 2021, meant to say 2021, as far as 30 or more rushing attempts, the Cardinals were 9-0. and But this team, and say what you want about Cliff Kingsbury and his air raid offense, as they use air quotes, but 2,000 rushing yards and 20 rushing touchdowns in back-to-back seasons, first time in team history since 1948-1949 that the Cardinals have gone 2,000 rushing yards or more and 20 rushing touchdowns or more so every team has to be able to run the ball a little bit you need that quarterback that one and two playmakers as far as being able to catch the ball but being a successful offense you have to be able to have a run game the Cardinals have shown it the past two seasons
1: yeah and you know we'll see who's going to be the right guard I mean right now they they have you know four four guys under contract Uh, I don't think Humphrey's going away, and either uh, Beecham's got under contract for one more year. Um, they just got to get better in the interior. Obviously, the addition of Rodney Hudson will, will you know, obviously in, in increase now that he's been in the system for a year. But, yeah, I I think it's really a, a testament to Kingsbury allowing input from his coaches, and we know Sean Kugler has a big voice during the week when it comes to the game plan, and if you watch the games, our time's you know where he can just walk over to Cliff and say, "Hey, I see something here. Let's run the football." So I think you know the addition of Coogler has really made a difference. But they got to get better. They got to finish better. And you could say that for both sides of the ball.
0: Being able to run the ball effectively—it's not the yards per carry all the time, but just show it to allow the defense to react and have to understand that it's just not throwing the football forty, forty-five, fifty times.
1: Well, it's—it's really. I mean. It's night and day when Hops on the field, and I got no problem with Kyler targeting him. But it's more just it opens up the play action. If you're if you're able to win into the line of scrimmage, and, and you know they can't get to the quarterback, and maybe you know what Colt McCoy did with the screen game, it kind of slows down the defense. But to show it and don't get behind the sticks, so, you know, all of a sudden third and two, you got you got options. Third and thirteen. You really got one option, and that's either throw a screen pass and play for field position, or try to get a first down. So, yeah, that it's it, it, to me it coincides, and I do think you know when you're able to run the football, it just opens things up. With, with Kyler, we know he's making more decisions from inside the pocket. Um, we know the arm strength's there. Didn't see that in that Rams game. Uh, he, I think he was rattled, and, and and they got into his head, and rightfully so. Watching Aaron Donald again during the Super Bowl, so. Little things got to get better, but but again, I do think you have to
0: show it to open things up on the outside. Rams showed it. Bengals showed it. But between those two teams in Super Bowl 56, they ran the ball 43 times, and we're talking about Cardinals hitting that 30 rushing attempt mark, regular season versus postseason, but you do what you have to do to win the ball game. And on third and one, fourth and one, Bengals could not get that one yard on third down. Of course, when you've got number 99 on the other side of the field, makes life a little bit more difficult, a lot more difficult. But running the football, you have to be able to do it to have sustained success during the course of a regular season and a postseason run.
1: And, and any offensive line will tell you, hey, put it on us. you know. And obviously they've learned to block for Kylo Murray, uh, knowing that he can take off at any time, but as an offensive line, you you want you want to be physical. You want to let that team know that you know we're going to run the ball and we're going to run it down your throat. And to me, that's where the physicality comes in from the offense, and it, and and then all of a sudden it spreads to the defense. It, when you're when you're able to line up and test someone's will, where you're pushing them back, that's how you you, you gain respect from that standpoint. But again. Now, all of a sudden, they may have to put a safety in the box. They're going to go with a five-man rush, and that's where Kyler and the offense can you know, start throwing the ball. So, But I think it's more of a mentality. If you're physical running the ball, you don't need to run it 40 times a game. You probably need to run it between 20 and 30. Um, but also, it, it, it allows your defense to kind of counterpoint where we're going to be physical too. So I think it's really a downward spiral effect if you're able to win it in the trenches. It, it creates... Um, camaraderie, knowing that we can literally line up and run the football and they can't stop us.
0: It's going to be a busy offseason, and it's an offseason for the Cardinals that has begun. I mean, it's been weeks now as far as the Cardinals being out of the playoffs and looking forward to 2022 and hopefully, hopefully make it three years in a row in which the host team holds that Lombardi trophy at the end of Super Bowl and the Cardinals are the ones in Super Bowl 57. Keep that Lombardi trophy within the NFC West, MJ. That's that's where you can be positive that the Rams won it. You're in the best division in all of football, and the NFC West in 2021 reigns supreme.
1: And we'll talk about this probably the entire offseason. Just when it comes to the NFC, we don't know what Rodgers is going to do. You know, you know clearly – We'll see what the Bucks do. I got to think they're going to go after a veteran quarterback. The rumors are they're doing their due diligence on Deshaun Watson. Could be Jimmy Garoppolo, Um, and then you got Dak Prescott. But then you got Kyler Murray and Trey Lance. Um, You know, Joe Montana said they should keep Garoppolo. I think they made that decision. We'll see what happens with Russell Wilson. So, in the AFC, is kind of like uh, you know facing the New York New York Yankees lineup. Here, there's only two or three quarterbacks that. I would, I mean, Dak Prescott's, you know, he's got to win in the playoffs like Kyler does, but there's not a lot of quarterbacks that I would take over Kyler Murray. We're in the AFC, I can probably put him four or five unless Deshaun Watson changes conferences. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really curious to see, you know, because that this is the time, you know, Kyler's on his rookie deal, um, nothing going on there right now. I think it's a prove-it year for both him and the head coach going into year four. But this is when you got to cash in, just like the, the Seahawks did. The Ravens did, the Bills did with Josh Allen, and you know, hopefully the, the Browns feel better about Baker Mayfield going to next year.
0: And we'll leave that discussion on that note right there as far as the offseason because there is going to be plenty to cover, whether we get closer to free agency, closer to the draft, and a bunch of new faces coming and perhaps some faces going as well that's that's what this offense is I mean this offseason I should say as far as turnover because it is very hard to find consistent rosters in the National Football League
1: well you know the, they're going to have the NFL combine this year and usually that's where general managers are you know you'll see them in a lobby or maybe they're they're in their suite uh, meeting with agents and just like the Matthew Stafford trade was done, nothing can be official until the league season. So I think we're going to see some movement on the quarterbacks if, because the Niners technically own the rights to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so we'll see. But, again, those deals can be discussed because if you're a team like the Bucks, they're not going to, you know, look at Kyle Trask. And I know that Mike Evans thinks he's going to be a good quarterback. They're not drafting a quarterback, so they got to figure it out. And teams want to start planning for that. So we could have some trades. Um just like the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. But up because of COVID, he wasn't able to come in and take a physical. So I, I do think once we get past the combine, uh, whether rumors come out or not, you're going
0: to see teams jockeying for a position. Who's available and what's the price? It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll have it all right here. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.